everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean Nicole. That was kind of a lame intro. It's the same <laughs> one. Maybe we should come up with something different. Maybe. We need one of those fancy, like, bumper reels, you know, like all the sound effects, all that stuff. Yeah. Who can we hire for that? I don't know. There's got to be somebody on fire. It's probably an AI that does podcast bumpers at this point. I don't know. I believe there is. Yeah, we'll have to check that there out. There should be. Maybe we can we can load that up in your little <laughs> sound machine there. Yeah. Yeah, just play so, it. Just play it yeah. while we just kick back and yeah, just wait for the introduction. We give everyone else yeah. an intro, but we don't have our own introducer. Yeah, yeah we'll have to work on that. I mean, it's been, it's been four years. Maybe right. we should work on that. That's right. That's right. Well, today we've got a random flight. We're uh, right before 4th fourth, fourth of July weekend. We have no guests, but we've got a great topic today. We're going to be discussing a new book out by Joshua Lysick. It is called, and I got my copy in today. I actually got it on a Kindle. I was reading the Kindle, and they got you got your copy. So good, they call you fake. Hold on, hold yours up a little bit longer. I want to get a screenshot of this. <laughs> Here, let me hold it with this hand. Here we go. All right, got it. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about this. He's um, interesting book. Uh, subtitle is Command Attention, Monetize Your Talent Stack, and Become the Uncontested Authority in Your Niche. Um, he's got some great advice. I've followed Joshua. For, I've probably been following him, Sean, for the last year. I don't know about yourself, but I got on his list of um he's got a membership group called um uh so good or what is it called all of this stuff he, he's really brilliant in this sense that he everything didn't, is kind of follows a title of <laughs> yeah didn't we um did we talk about his books the best way to yeah the best way to the best way to say it, the best way to say it I think yeah is the, is the series yep yeah yeah, yeah the so best way to I, say I it then he's i didn't didn't realize that was him. Yeah, the best um, way to say it. And then he's got a uh, he's got a newsletter that I subscribe to. is called the best way to write it uh, newsletter, okay. and um, and then the best way to publish it. I mean, he's got all these. You know, he he plays off all that title very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's um, he follows. I think he he uh, he works with Scott Adams a lot, um, doing some stuff with him. I don't know if he's ghostwritten you know, some of Scott Adams stuff, but the, you know, Joshua's kind of a known ghostwriter. He's written several books. Yeah, he out mentions there. in the book that he did. I think he did mention in, in the book that he uh, did a, a book for Scott. So I hadn't gotten that far in the book yet. I'm about halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. So uh, we'll dive into some of that. I've got some random bits that we can talk about today, mm -hmm. yep. um, including the 60, 60 rule, which mm. is kind of a new one. I had not heard. Yeah. Um, 60, 60 rods. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime you put a name to something, it's going to sound <laughs> cool. Right. And then I found a 50 year old study, uh -huh. um, that talks about two different types of presentations and which persuades better. Okay. Uh, and then a little curiosity about, uh, email versus face to face. So we can, we'll hit on those. Uh, if we run out of stuff to talk about from Joshua's book, but yeah, it's some interesting little tidbits. I just kind of looked up and found email versus face to face. Oh, yeah. that's an easy one for me being a, <laughs> having a sales background, you know, it's just no brainer. 
Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what the stats <laughs> say, and then we'll see what you say, and we'll yeah. see which. Uh, and you may have to adjust your tactics. I, don't know. <laughs> I may I have know. to. I may have to. I may be doing right, it completely well, wrong. We, I'm old school. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into that, let's let's talk about some beverages. What you got over there? And I mean, it's we got another scorcher today in Austin. So uh, yeah, we're finally dipping below a hundred. I think this weekend yeah. for the first time in like two weeks. Yep. Uh, so. But I've, so I've got the summer beers in full effect. Oh, good. Well, yeah, you got to, uh, I think you and I both are kind of getting away from the, um, as we get into the dog days, we're not into stouts and porters as much. So we're trying to yeah. find um, good beers that are a little lighter and yeah. uh, refreshing. So I'll start with one and I picked this up. Um, I was actually in Kentucky this week uh, traveling and stopped in at a, Actually, you just actually picked this up from a gas station, which, um, you know, in Kentucky, if you want to find the uh, Kentucky, uh, the bourbon barrel series or the guys from Lexington Brewing Company, yep. it's everywhere. So you can just go into uh, your local stop and stab and and find a six pack of uh, a good uh, Kentucky uh, red ale. It's an Irish ale. So this is a new one that I haven't had. Nice. And uh, this is... Uh, By the you know, way, did you did you call it a stop and stab? <laughs> I just like, I can't just let that go by for our <laughs> listeners. Because they're all like, did I hear that right? That's right. It's local stop and stab. Okay. Uh, I came you're out. You're in the wrong part of town, my friend. <laughs> I guess well, you do. You're in the industrial part of town, right? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you go to these manufacturing plants, they're not in the best areas. Because they're, yeah. you know, they've been around for ages. And so... Yeah. You know, sometimes Everybody things wants to live next to a manu- chemical manufacturing <laughs> plant. So sometimes in there in the uh, the downtown area, or sometimes they're out in the boonies, out in the middle of nowhere. So I kind of characterize all that's these. That's where little... they put the key on the uh, the two by four, right, for <laughs> the bathroom. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, big old big old wooden two by four that says bathroom, and then you got to walk out back. Yeah. Um, but I'm, anyway. I'm excited. I haven't, uh, when I saw Irish red, uh, like an Irish red ale, I was excited cause I didn't even, I've never seen a Kentucky or a Lexington, you know, brewing company series, uh, that was an ale, an Irish red ale. So this is a first, I do believe, unless I'm missing something and I've had it by accident in the past. I don't remember. I don't, so. I don't remember it. No. So, so what do you got? End. I've got a Shiner, so I bought like a, you know, a summer pack of Shiner. So I've got the Shiner Ooh, Morale. Morale, Mexican. Mexican style cerveza. Mm-hmm. I don't, have no idea how to pronounce O'Reilly, O'Reilly, O'Reilly. Is that I-O? I-O? It's like a, I think it's a, oh, yeah. It's like an O with a, oh, it's got the little. Um, no, that's the upside down punctuation mark. Remember, it's Spanish. So yeah, that's right. Remember they, they put their Orale. exclamation marks on both ends and one's upside down. That's right. So you know what you're about to read so you can get excited early. <laughs> or in English language, you got to wait till the end to decide if you're going to ask a question. I mean, it's pretty smart, actually, right? Yeah, it is. Like, we should do that in English. That we should. So some of these long sentences, you get to the end and you realize it's a question. You're like, oh, crap. Dang. That has changed my whole intonation. <laughs> yeah, so this is, uh, it's got a cool little dancing tiger on it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I don't know what this creature is. Maybe, oh, it's uh, like, oh man, that's weird. Like a jaguar, probably, or something. A, jag- a jaguar. A jagula. Yes. Yeah. A jagula. So this is super light. 
um, as a cerveza usually is, it's only 4.5% alcohol. It is see-through for the most part. Oh, wow. Part. Look at that. Uh, this is even, I mean, it's like a lager looking. This one's mine. Look how red, look at that pretty red. It's not, it's actually nice. redder than what it shows on the screen because the brightness, I don't, yeah. don't like the camera today, but it looks well, beautiful. Let's, uh, let's cheers it up and then cheers. I don't even know what my uh, ABV, I can't even see it on the, um, yeah, I don't even know who cares. Right. Not our listeners, as they've told us. There we go. Juvenile beer talk. Um, We haven't slipped that in a while. That's right. Juvenile beer talk. Um, Yeah, it doesn't say. I'm going to give mine a rating. Oh, it's 5.3. I got a 5.3. That's pretty low. Yeah. For for an age? Is it aged or is it just? Same no, it's not age, so it's... Yes. Okay, just a red ale. I'm going to give mine a 3.5. Like, it's not bad, but it just, I'm just not a lager, cerveza guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, there's just not a lot of flavor. When you're used to graham crackers, banana split, like, it's just hard to get a lot of flavor out of a beer like this. 3.5. Yeah, 3.5. Hmm. What do you got? Oh, this is delicious, man. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go four, six. Solid. Very solid. All right. Excellent. Like that is good. It's very refreshing. It's perfect beer for uh, summer because you yeah. get your, uh, <clears throat> you don't get the sissy beer, but you get a little, get that red ale, which uh, I don't know, just hits the spot. Great aftertaste. Yeah. I like uh, it. Refreshing on a hot summer day where it's about 150 degrees in your neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, oh, oh, also, I want to remind me, and we'll talk about a little AI tool that I uh, found today. Okay. Um, so I can do that now or we can do it later. Well, let's start with that. All right. So we'll jump into that. And the reason it came to mind is... It might be a good lead-in for <clears throat> the topic because you talk about you know, using yeah. tools and things like that to. Yeah. So, know, um, yeah, somebody at one of the, at one of my clients, we have a channel in Slack where we're, we're, everybody's throwing in the AI tools they're trying out. So one of the things they mentioned was this thing called Opus Clip. Okay. Uh, O-P-U-S Clip. Opus and Clip. it's actually it's clip.opus.pro is okay. the actual website what it is you can drop a video like what we're doing here i actually took our last episode mm-hmm. and i put it in there you could just take the youtube link drop it in there and it will automatically find 12 clips with captions that it thinks are the best most intriguing clips um, that's awesome yeah because that it, that's so i tested it yeah and it nailed it from our last episode. Wow. It even scores them from, from best out of a, you know, it's got like a scoring system. So like, you know, a hundred all the way down. So it puts them in order of, of <clears throat> what it thinks are the best because of hooks and sure. interest and things like that. Um, so in fact, let me, which are perfect for like Instagram reels and things like that, that you're not, exactly, I mean, cause they're all, they're all under a minute. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, this is cool because it's a, it's, free to sign up 
and try, and they give you two hours worth of video that they'll cut up. So, okay. our and you can actually trim the video too. So I, what I did is I took out our juvenile beer talk and started at <laughs> like eight minutes. Yeah. So it was only like 42 minutes of content. So it charged me for 42 minutes and they give you two hours when you start for free and no credit card required. Wow. It's pretty cool. So, okay. Um, so after that two hours, cause is it, like is it two hours worth of clips or two hours no. that you give it? Two hours that you give it. Okay. So I gave back 12 I got um, clips that were under 60 seconds. Let's see. Which is not bad. Cause no, it's not. And then, and then you get 200 minutes for like 19 bucks a month. Which is less than you'd pay a VA oh, yeah. to do the same thing. Absolutely. You know? That's that's great. Um, so yeah, the only thing um only thing I didn't like is that you can't actually you can once you can download the clips, but like I can't share them with you on my account so that mm -hmm. you can see, you know, see them and tell me which one you like best. You know, I'd have to download them all for you to see them. So that I don't really like. Um, I guess you could do a shared account or something, you know, have a have a company password or something like that. So where does the website again? Clip.opus.pro. Clip.opus.pro. Dot pro. Yep. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me just. Is this it? Are you pulling it up? Clip.opus. Yep. Dot pro. All right. That's an interesting website. There we go. Yeah, so here's the one I did. So I took our 230-year-old hack of the whole, is this 230-year-old hack, the Holy Grail of Marketing? Mm -hmm. um, and you can see here, it took a clip. Okay. Um, and it gave it a 99 score. It told you why it picked the clip. Yep. And then you can play the clip over here where you can just play it. And it automatically puts the captions on it. Features the speaker, so when you come on, it'll let you speak. You know, it shows you. It clips it, takes out the fluff. That's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, so it gave. It showed some of us double, um, but I thought the score was cool. So you, you know, it kind of puts them in order. So yeah, very cool, man. And it took. Um, it took. So I dropped the link in, it took 12 minutes and they'll email you when they're done. You only have to stay on the site. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then there's Podium that I think I, I told you about. Oh yeah, actually about. I checked that out myself. So Podium will do show notes in the same exact method. You just drop the link in and it mm -hmm. will prepare your show notes for your, for your uh, website. Pretty crazy. Too great. Yeah. And we'll put, we'll post a link at our, on the show page on these. So literally for 40 bucks a month between the two of those, you got your, you, you, you have your entire like podcast editor, editor. Um, yeah. The, the, all the back end stuff is taken care of now. I yeah. mean, you, you haven't edited it per se, but you've taken out the most important pieces from that video. Right. That you can now share on social and, you know, yeah. And, uh, which, yeah. That's we're perfect. not doing that. So this is, you know, it's kind of a cool tool to. Well, that's why we right? didn't. I mean, that's why we yeah. weren't because it's like takes too much time and energy. But I mean, with yeah. a tool like or, that, you can just poof, throw it in there. Yeah. Or money because you got to hire somebody to do it. That's you know? right. So, that's right. So, yeah, that's good. So anyway, I thought that's our little AI tip of the day. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's jump into Joshua's book. Maybe so our listeners will drop us a tip for that tip. 
Yeah. So, so good. They will call you a fake. Fake. That's a very, that's a very provocative title. Yep. So, so tell me, uh, have you gotten to the part where he explains why he picked that title? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think the main, the, the main point is, um, you're always going to, you know, he says like on the intro of his book, people are going to like, you have to kind of own something and people are going to call you out regardless. I think about, you know, I was, <laughs> I was sharing, I think I sent you a link on the, uh, the liquid death guys that are, uh, using all their <laughs> hate yeah. comments now to, um, you know, they're creating, <laughs> They're creating music album, albums out of it, which is just, to me, it's hilarious. They're um, having fun over there, that's for sure. <laughs> and some of them are just, are, are, are so funny. But they're getting, they're getting mileage out of all their hate comments. Um, and, and they're turning those, and they're using 80s music, so it's a lot of fun. So it's driving traffic. And so, you know, stuff like that, you got to, you got to, you know, you're, everybody's going to get some complaints or, or be called out. You know, you don't know what you're doing. How, you know, what, how are you an expert and all this stuff, you know, you just roll with the punches. But, um, he says, you know, people are, the more you, the higher you move up in any niche, people are going to call you out. And that's just to me or to him, he says, that's, that is a sign. If you are moving up in your field or niche or whatever, um, you know, whatever you're known for, your expertise, as you move up, people are inevitably going to call you out. I mean, it just comes right. with the territory. Um, if, if your results are, are not just good. Yeah. And he makes this point and, and I underlined this, this was just like really hit me. He said, if your results are believable, they're invisible. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. That's a big statement. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like you would think it's, that's not true, but as soon as I read it, I was like, Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. Like that. Yeah. That, that you makes to, sense today. You it's, have to be supernatural, right? That yeah. <laughs> to the point yeah, where like, like, nah, you know, there's no way. Yeah. He, uh, he said the bar of entry has never been lower. The bar of attention never higher. Yeah. And his, his point in this, he even talks about like Cal Newport's book, right? Uh, which I think was, uh, be so good. They can't uh, ignore you. Yeah. And he's like, that's not good enough anymore. Like yep. that's, that's 10 years old. That's not good enough anymore. Mm. Like it actually needs to look like magic so that people doubt that it's real. Yeah. Yep. That's the way you get attention. Like your system and we'll get into more into systems, but your system mm -hmm. for producing results has to be so good, so reliable that people will begin to say, there's no way can't be, it's not true. You're a fake. Yeah. That is a, I mean, that's a powerful concept. To yep. think about and wrap your head around mm -hmm. and, it, and it is a pretty high bar um but luckily if you buy his book he tells you exactly how to do it <laughs> <laughs> of course isn't that weird <laughs> and a lot of it is just say i mean obviously everybody knows this i mean joshua as we mentioned he's a ghostwriter he writes mm -hmm. you know he's a copywriter um and you know, he's worked with guys like Scott Adams, who I fought, you know, I followed and we've talked about some of his stuff. He, he it, they, they actually talk, um, his message is similar to what Scott Adams talks about in his book, how to fail at almost anything and still win, um, win big or what, I forget yep. the exact title, but that it's something to that degree. But, you know, in the book, um, 
you know, he talks about your talent stack, you know, how you, yeah. how you get really good at something is, you, you know, it's like, it's don't have goals. Goals are, you know, goals don't work. You know, you gotta have systems in place. You know, it's people that have goals usually don't accomplish, you know, those goals. Cause it's just, you know, people give up, but a system, people can do that, right? People can right. adopt a system, a strategy, and they can also adopt a talent stack, you know, around that system. So you put one talent stack in, in place and then another talent stack and then another talent stack, you know, you learn how to be, you know, a writer, um, Sean, like yourself, you'd be a copywriter. That's one of your talent stacks. You're right. a coach. That's another talent stack. Um, so you yeah, have I the ability to listen to people. You've, you've had experience in sales, another talent stack. I mean, yeah. one after the other. <clears throat> and I think that's, you know, we're often told, especially in this kind of, you know, internet marketing culture, bro marketing culture, yeah. you know, that you got a niche, you got to be special. You got to be an email specialist right. that works with, you know, geriatric moms <laughs> who started a, a knitting email list. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And that's the only people you can write for because you're going to be the world's best at that. Yeah, exactly. And that's just, you know, that's, you could do that, mm -hmm. but it should become out of the fact that you yourself are probably a world-class knitter. That's right. You're really good at writing, you know, whatever the, the talent stack that might've led to that. Instead of going looking for that niche. That's right. Kind of be the niche. Be the niche. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm a great writer. I'm good at sales, um, you know, and you add up all your stuff, you know, and you just, I think you the say, best okay, experts come that? from a, from a, a background of experience within like, you know, I've told, I've told my story time and time again, like how my, um, or it feels like time and time again, but my story of, you know, trying to do niches back in the day, mm -hmm. marketing niches. And one was, you know, one of those niches was in the veterinarian industry for marketing, um, which to yeah. me was, you know, it got, you know, clients and things like that. But it's, it's like, a, it was like a fish out of water. I didn't know anything about that industry. Yeah. And I was simply doing a lot of research outside of that industry. Ultimately it didn't fit me because I didn't, you know, it wasn't something I was a part of and I spent time in. So yeah. to me, that's a whole, that's a very poor way is to do research around a market and just say, you know what, I'm going to own that market. Yeah. You know, I was like, that's a bad way. That's a bad way. You know, you figure, you start with in your own backyard, who do you, who have you worked with or what your experience is and, and capitalize on that, something that you're familiar with and you already know. Yeah. Yeah. And be able to, like you said, be able to stack those skills together and then create a system. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I love you. You just, you said it earlier, but I had that highlight as well. It said uh, systems beat goals. Mm-hmm. The difference between wanting something and deciding that something will happen, goal is a want, system is decided. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then he actually defines system as a series of repeatable steps that when followed produce the same results. Right. Absolutely. And that's important to any uh, creating content, which is, you know, a big part of this book is about, you know, how to create um, your information or how to build um you know, your information products or training or coaching or whatever around who you are. Well, you know, it's in order to build that, it takes a system, 
right? It's, yeah. It takes a process and a system. And if you don't have that, it's never going to get done. You're going to be talking about, yeah, I'm creating this program. <laughs> you can be talking about it for five years and you never do it. But yeah. until you have a system by which you're able to get that content out and you have to be honest with yourself, if you don't like to write, if you don't like to sit down on the computer and type out things and write things out, then you better have another system. You better be able to record it. You better be doing podcast, you know, which I do. Yeah. Or have a system for project management that right. you can hire exactly. people or you, maybe yep. you're a world-class hiring person, right? That's right. There's people who are world-class at hiring A players, right? Yeah, exactly. That's their system for yeah. building a business. Absolutely. Surround yourself with people that will do it and can do it. Uh, yeah. and fill in the parts. Cause you're, you know, everybody has their weaknesses. You can't be everything. So, um, the strength in that is recognizing what you can and can't do and then putting the people in place who can do it. Or as we were just talking about Sean, having AI systems in place that can, uh, that can, you know, do these things for you as, as we explore more, you know, AI yeah. software and things that open up so many possibilities, you know, for doing things on the cheap, you know, so. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's, that's one thing I've been kind of, it's almost, it's kind of a hobby right now, but it's with the means to an end is yeah. I'm really taking all these different AI tools and like, okay, if I wanted to create this end result over here, what suite of tools mm -hmm. would I need to reduce my labor and, and increase quantity? That was another thing he said here. Just, I remember it's, Remember the thing he said about quantity versus quality? Yes. Yeah. The old the old <clears throat> saying was, um, you know, good, fast, and cheap. Mm -hmm. Pick any two. Yeah. And he's like, that's not enough anymore. Like, no. you got to have all three now with AI. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you got to have all three. Um, I don't know where that was, but he talked. I mean, that was that was a really great point. Like, yeah, actually, you can have all three now. Yeah. You know, that's that's a, that is now a boomer and gen x saying that is no longer true right yeah um but yeah i was <laughs> so i'm looking at all these different ways like you know you got people out there that are like zappier x experts right they can zap anything together you know a series of zaps from different tools yeah and they automate their flow you got people mm -hmm. that can do that and with mm -hmm. you know macros and stuff in word docs or google docs right you know, it's like there's some stuff some people can do with a google doc is mind-blowing it is like I just write on it, type on it. And then, I mean, they, it's like doing stuff itself. Now you throw in. It's like know, spread. It's like Excel. I mean, it's yeah. like some of the things that people do with Excel just blows your mind. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. How'd you create a spreadsheet and, like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a system and you can actually, yeah. you know, if it, now you integrate AI and Zapier yeah. and all these things. I mean, you could have a spreadsheet mm -hmm. just run itself basically. <clears throat> Speaking so of which, yeah, I found a, an AI software this week that creates spreadsheets for you. You know, used to, uh, I would hire people out to do spreadsheets just because to me it's monotonous and I don't want to yeah. learn everything there is. I know the basics of Excel, but if I need something detailed, I would send over a bunch of information, hire somebody on Fiverr and say, create a spreadsheet for me. Now I come to find this week, like we were talking AI earlier, yep. there's an AI software. Now you just, <laughs> plug your information in and it creates a spreadsheet around it. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. incredible. So yeah, you can create systems out of just about anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, yeah, the, what's the big point of this book. And I think it's definitely worth reading. Um, yeah. if you're in, especially if you're, or really anything, I mean, some of the examples he gives will open your eyes to is what's possible. Like he talks about in the book, there's a guy, 
that he did a ghost, uh, he wrote a book for, who is in, a consultant to the construction industry. And the guy's never been in construction. Yeah. But he's got a system for people that allows construction companies, because what's the, the biggest pain in construction, if you've ever worked it, is people. It's kind of like yeah. fast food. Yep. Like, it's tough to find workers. It's tough to get them to show up. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes the work. You know, it's, right. um, you know, it's hot, it's cold, like construction sucks for, you know, most people. It does. So, it does. so it's hard to keep people. It's hard to motivate people. So he, he's all about how you manage and grow the people. And that's how he became an expert in the, in the construction mm-hmm. industry. You know, right. But there was a system of how he works with people yeah. that they wrote the book about. Um, what was it called? I think construction genius was the name of it. Yeah. Yep. So the, you know, a construction owner reads that and he's like, Oh, I want this guy to come teach me, <laughs> teach me and my people this. Yep. And that's what it's about. Like, so your system could be just about anything. Um, and you just have to look at what you're good at and what your talent stack is and, and apply it to this system that he talks yeah. about in the book. Yeah. I think a big takeaway and like you touched on Sean is, is a book, you know, cause obviously Josh was a writer and he does a lot of ghost writing for a lot of his clients, obviously, I'm sure this is a little bit of a, you know, a marketing front end for some of the work that he does, but it's still good because I think the premise is, you know, if you're, if you want to get your expertise out, even today, it starts with a book and, but you can't just write a book. You've got to write a book. I think one of the biggest takeaways, you know, on his lessons in writing a book, Sean, is that you need to write a book in a way, because what do most people finish a book? Nope. <laughs> they do not. They, yeah. they buy yeah, the way it. He sets up the book is just, <laughs> yeah, it's a system, right? Right. I mean, this is the way he writes a book is a system and it's, it's a very specific layout yeah. chapter by chapter by chapter. So there's a lot of people who have been saying, write a book to build your business, but no, I haven't read anybody that gets this detailed. Yeah. Into how to structure each, it. About what each chapter should cover. Exactly. So it, ever wanted to write a book or even if you have written a book you want to write another one because the first one didn't do well or as well as you thought um i would definitely pick that book up so i'm going to give an example while we're in this so we just give give some takeaways so um i think this is like on page uh he's worked with a um the, the the doctor that he talks about in the book the um guy that says, or the surgeon that he's, uh, the title of the book is stay off my operating table, which actually is a pretty yep. good, um, yeah, that's a great title. <laughs> that may be the chapter title. Um, no, that's the, that's the book title. Oh, okay. But, it's right. also, but it, I think it was also chapter one. Oops. Just hit the crickets button. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. <laughs> hey, this is good stuff. There's no crickets chirping there. Um, I know. so he breaks it down. He's got a part one, part two, in part three of the book. So, um, he's talking about metabolic health. Mm -hmm. And so part one is really the essential part of it is, is, you know, he's breaks it down into four chapters, stay off the operating table, 12, 12 myths. They want us to believe the system is broke and how to measure, assess, improve your metabolic health. So all of these things, all of these, uh, opening chapters are there for a reason. And it's there to base, it's kind of like a sales letter. It's to get you to understand the need for the remainder of the book. It's to keep you reading. Yeah. Most people jump into the book too quick. Yeah, exactly. And instead of 
laying the foundation why you actually need this, why it's so important and scaring the hell out of you in the process. Yeah. <laughs> Which we know from sales is right. If you, if you jump too soon. Yes. Yeah. To the pitch. Yep. And you don't build some rapport. You don't, you know, find, uncover the pains right. or remind people of the pains. Yeah. That sale is probably not going to happen. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. You're laying out why this is so important mm-hmm. and you're laying out maybe the myths or the, you know, the, bad, um, bad information out there, all those kind of things, then right. you've opened them up to receiving your message in your way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's, it's important. That first part is a foundation of what the why. Um, and then he's the, the part two are the principles, the principles of, of metabolic health. And then lastly, the last part of the book where this is a mistake, as you said, Sean, most people jump right into the how-tos. Um, then he lays out the how-tos. Obviously, you don't give everything out on the how-to because there's opportunity. Your book is what? A, <laughs> it's a business card or a, a tool yeah. to lead people into your coaching or your training program or whatever you have uh, next lined up for them. Although he does say in his book, he says, you know, take them step by step with no steps missed. Yeah. Yep. So he gives them everything, um, but there is, at the same time, there is more available Yeah. in a slightly different format sure. right. if you move up to a course or coaching mm-hmm. or, or whatever, right? Yep. Um, so you, you do get all the steps. Right. But yeah, there is obviously some nuance left out and not left out. There's additional nuance available if you want it, right. but there is enough that all if all you can afford is the book, yeah, and you've got the time and the energy to put it to work yourself. There's enough there to do that. Yeah, plenty of good content to do yeah. it yourself, and yeah. I think that's the key takeaway. Maybe it's not so much the fact that you don't give ev- you do give everything away that you can, um, mm-hmm. but you can't do everything. It's not the same as in person coaching or or training, right. but you give a ton away because, um, you know, they, the perceived value there. So you, you get yeah. the perceived value up front from just a wealth of knowledge. And then they're just going to say, well, I can't do all this. So, or some of them, some people are going to do it themselves, right? They're going to take it up on, on their own and, you know, apply this, but some people are going to say, I'm just, I need to hire you or, you know, bring you into my company and have you train my employees and, you know, talk to my HR manager or my sales yeah. manager or whoever that you're, you know, your content's for. So, <clears throat> yeah. So the book we've been talking about is so good. They call you a fake. Yes. Demand attention, monetize mm-hmm. your talent stack and become the uncontested authority in your niche. Right. Um, yeah, you can find it on Amazon and everywhere else. Fine books are sold. Yes. Any good. last minute thoughts on? No. It, it's it's great. It actually um, it, it it's actually a good uh, combo with another. Uh, there's another book, Sean. I was reading through this week, um, and I'm not. I'm just going to give a little. I hate to give another book on the same podcast uh, <laughs> promotion, but there's one called Seesaw Scale, which I recommend for anybody that's in consulting or coaching or anything like that. Um, it subtitle is how anyone can, maybe this is a follow-up podcast or, or that we can delve into, but the key takeaway is that it fits nicely with Joshua's book in in one specific way. 
Um, the subtitle of this book, How Anyone Can Turn Unsolved Problems into Breakthrough Successes. So uh, there's a really good uh, chapter in this book on um, researching your market, kind of like he did with the construction industry, you know, talking about the, you know, retention employees. But there's a chapter in that's really valuable on uh, finding unmet needs in any market spot, any marketplace. So it's really good because he talks about doing a lot of top-down research instead of um, uh, traditionally, I guess, top-down research is just researching a company or a market space. Um, most people do that. They just kind of research the market by reading, studying, you know, reading the trade journals, reading about, you know, an industry, what they're going through instead of the bottom, what he calls bottom up research is, you know, immersing yourself, asking questions and talking to people, you know, in my, in my line of work, that would be going into, uh, you know, plants and having deep conversations with, um, you know, plant managers, you know, operation managers and things like that and finding out what their biggest pain points are and what they're struggling with and then kind of going deep, deep, deep on that <laughs> instead yep. of just assuming this is what everybody is dealing with, you know, having, having those conversations. So, um, so I just pulled this book up on the old Amazon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'm like, man, maybe Joshua wrote this book. <laughs> Cause I mean, you look at the, you know, it's got the same three part structure. Yeah. Could um, have. Actually, yeah. Part one, part two. Yeah. And then part three. Yep. And then there's three parts under part two, mm -hmm. which would be your kind of your main. That's uh, right. Your ma your main magic. They've certainly followed a similar formula. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting to see basically the same formula right here. You've got uh, in the first two sections, um, roots of the structured entrepreneurial process, the benefits of scarce resources. So, you know, there's probably some myth busting, some other stuff yeah. going on there. That's right. And then the actual process is mm -hmm. part two. Yep. See, solve and scale, uh, which has eight, three parts itself, uh, across eight different little sections. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So, yeah. yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe it's, maybe he wrote it. <laughs> never know. It could be. I mean, there's a little crossover there, but yeah. Um, I mean, he's written like, uh, I think he says 80 books that he's yeah. ghostwritten. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool there. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. It's, um, if you're looking to, um, you know, really create something out of your expertise. I mean, this is a way to go. I mean, there's been a ton of writers out there that we've, you know, uh, we've talked about over the years. Um, I think this, you know, Joshua, it, he, you know, if you follow him on any of the stuff that he does on any of his other programs, he's got, got a kind of a unique way of putting things. I think he's a good writer. Um, he's yeah, very, very good. clear he's writer. Definitely got that, yeah. He's got definitely got that copywriting yeah. style, mm -hmm. you know, Lots of short, yep. choppy sentences and yeah. lots of line breaks. Easy to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely definitely got that going on. So Absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump into um, some other things that yeah. I've got I pulled up. I even, there's a couple others I had that I forgot to mention. I've got, uh, so your choice, we can talk the 60-60 rule. We can talk about Ooh, a 50-year-old study. I'm curious about the 60-60 rule because in my mind, I'm okay. thinking 60-60 is 120. So my mind is thinking, okay. I've heard of the 80-20 the or yeah. the 70-30, uh, which is yeah. all 100. But 
60-60 is just not lining up with... Uh... Yeah, the maths. The maths are tougher, right? No, uh, you're you're absolutely on the wrong track. So, uh, <laughs> totally. So, yeah, so I found this statistic, and it seems a little high to me, mm-hmm. um, but the specifics of it made it very interesting to me. So okay. I have not personally tested this, so I don't know. Okay. Um, by the way, we got a comment coming in from the the interwebs. We'll cover that real first. Mm. Uh, this is a new name. I don't recognize this name. Brent Pritchard. Thanks for covering this to- topic. Joined a little late, but with a pint in hand. If you didn't discuss already, would love to hear your thoughts on book marketing in a future episode. Love mm. the show. Thank you, Brent. Yes, we have talked. Uh, we've actually, if you go back and put the word, if you go to our website, persuasionbythepint.com, Mm-hmm. And in the search bar in the upper right, put in uh, shook s h o o k. There's a whole, there's a couple sessions oh, yeah. on that's right. Helpful books from mm-hmm. Mike Capuzzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this will be obviously you can go back to the start of this video once it posts as yeah. well. So, thanks for listening. Good question and watching, Brent. All right, um, yeah. So the sixty by sixty rule is sixty percent of buyers. We'll buy an upsell if it's at 60% of the original sales price. Okay. So say that one more. 60% of buyers will buy an upsell if it's, if it's 60%. If it's up to 60% of the original sale. So if I buy something for a hundred dollars right. and you offer me something for 60, 60% of the time it's going to be taken. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I thought that was high. If that's on the a one time, is that like a one time only, right? On time, only, like, one time only upsell, right? Right. You got to yeah, do it at the upsell. Your good old OTO. Um, yeah. But if it's $75, that, that number goes down, right? Yeah. So it, but I didn't think it would be that high. A lot of times you see upsells are considerably cheaper. Um, sometimes they, people try to go up too much and that's why they get a 20% take, you know, because mm-hmm. they'll sell them something for 97 and then try to sell a $200, mm-hmm. Right. But it's according to this, the ratio to test and look at is sixty percent of the original sales price. Okay, at least on your first upsell. It didn't really go into like multiple upsells and all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't see a lot of people getting a sixty percent take rate on the upsell, so that's why it caught my attention as well. Yeah, usually right. you see twenty, thirty, maybe forty percent. But 60% seems pretty high to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that definitely caught my attention there. So, uh, yeah, if you're selling a, you know, $500 product, then whatever that math is, uh, uh, be 10, 50 times six. What's that? I don't know what that would be. It's a lot of money. 110 bucks. Mm-hmm. No, or I don't know what it would be. Don't do math in public people. Um, <laughs> keep it, keep, you know, keep the numbers even there. That helps. Yeah. Like, so. Um, so yeah, so 60 by 60, $1,000, 600, right? There you go. So, um, so that's interesting because, so what he's saying is a 60% works better than you said, better than even a bigger discount, like at, you know, 30%. Not necessarily a so bigger discount, but I think, I think the way it was written is up to 60%. Oh, okay. Up to, okay. I thought you yeah. said that was like, like the sweet spot or something where, you know, he tested 40% and it wasn't as good or, or, or less yeah, than didn't, that didn't, because I, didn't I had some I, thoughts on that in case, in case that yeah. was the fact. I mean, but 
Maybe not. Yeah, I'll have to dive deeper and maybe we can follow up next. I next thought maybe episode, like yeah. people would assume, you know, you go too low and that people cheapen the offer. Like the offer mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's as good if you're knocking that much off, right? I yeah. Mean, but well, I would sig- think that, and I don't know, I will have to dive a little deeper because um, they said upsell, but, you know, we also have order bumps. Right. Um which can be a little bit closer to the original price sometimes. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do some double checking on that. Yeah. I'll bring that up. All right. So I right. love that. Good, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, most people don't even have an upsell. So in fact, now you've got a formula that you can at least test, mm-hmm. you know, add a second product. That's 60% of the cost of the first product. Right. Right. And what I tell all my clients when they ask about upsells, uh, or I critique people. I always tell people think of an upsell, like think of your order process as a cafeteria. Yeah. Your main product is the entree. Mm-hmm. Your upsell is one of your sides. Right. Don't try to sell two entrees. That just confuses people <laughs> and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it makes them feel bad about the first entree. Um, so yeah, think of it as a side um, or a dessert. Yeah. If, if you want. Um, all right. So the next thing was there was a 50 year study done around and it covered 20,000 different types of pre, or 20,000 different presentations. Okay. And the difference was what they call a two sided presentation or a one sided presentation. Mm-hmm. So a two sided presentation was when people offered something negative about their proposal. Mm-hmm. Right. So they gave both sides of the coin, so to speak. Right. Whereas a one-sided presentation was all glory and good. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Um, you know, you've got the Achilles heel, you know, do you mention that? Do you not? Those kind yeah. of things. So <clears throat> this is one of the first times I've seen like a definitive study with it that covered that much time mm-hmm. and that many samples, 20,000 plus. And they sit, they found out that yes, a two-sided presentation does cl- close more often than a one-sided presentation. Wow. So find out what your weakness is and make sure you talk about it in your presentations or in your sales letters or. That's interesting. People, I think, pe- you know, it goes back to that thing. People just love, I think people are more attracted to people that have problems every day. Yeah. You know, people yeah. don't like pe- perfect individuals or it, yeah. it, well, they it, don't trust them. They don't trust they know them. It's not true because they know it's not true. Right. That's why they don't trust them. Cause yeah. they're like, Hey, there's no way this is perfect. Like, what are you not telling me right now? I've yeah. got a, now my whole brain is being taken up trying to figure out what are you not telling me? I think that's one aspect. I think trust it. I think you're absolutely spot on that. Trust is one aspect, but I also think that it's un people don't relate Mm-hmm. to a goody two shoes like that have all, I mean, seriously, I mean, that's what I call yeah. it, but it's, yeah. let's be saying, you, you don't reveal any of your, you know, weaknesses or anything like that. People just don't, I mean, that's not, it's kind of like the, the thing that we've talked about in the past and, you know, the whole Marvel versus DC thing, you know, going using a comic yeah. book analogy where, yeah. you know, people always gravitated to Marvel back in the day because Stan Lee said, I'm going to make, I'm going to make superhero characters, but I'm not, I'm not going to make them perfect. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to make them with, with problems 
they have problems, you know, they're, you know, kids being, you know, teenagers being bullied, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and make people have problems paying the rent or paying the bills and just having problems everyday life. In addition to being, you know, also being, you know, a superhero. Whereas DC was like one dimensional. It's like, everybody's just perfect. You know, Superman's just like everything. He's like man of steel. No one can touch him. You know, did everything right. (laughs) Yeah, it was great and everything, but he's just not a relatable guy. Um, Yeah. And you notice they've, you know, they've tried to change that over the years, right? (laughs) Um, They did. Superman had started having problems. Batman is, is obviously now very tortured. Um, (laughs) They've gone full, full 180 on him. (laughs) I'm trying to keep up with which Batman you're talking about. Exactly. (laughs) This day and age, so many of them. But Uh, even like, um, the most recent Wonder Woman, which yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that was well done. And her, you know, she was very much like Superman, right? Just right. perfect and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This one, at least she was lonely. Right. You know, that was kind of the thing sure. with her. Yeah. So I thought that was, they, they did a good job with that. And that's so that's an Achilles heel, so to speak. I mean, there's at least one weakness as, or one aspect of her that, you know. Yeah, she, very relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. All right, so here's one for you. Um, email or face-to-face. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, there's actually men or women. So men respond better to one or the other, and women respond. If you're trying to sell something, if you're trying to persuade, uh-huh. whether it's an idea, a product, service, whatever, would you use email for men or women, or would you use face-to-face for men or women? Like, okay. Matt, Match those two like okay. with little maxes, matches. How would okay. you match You it? would use face-to-face for women. You would use email for men. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. You know why? <laughs> um, I think it's, a, well, it, my guess is there's an emotional aspect to that. Um, yeah. Men yes. are more uh, prone to facts and figures. Like, give me the content, give me the information, Women are more feeling on the feeling side of it and they need to be able to relate or they, you know, there's, there's a lot of feeling aspects to that. And I would just think you're close, that th- you're close on the women. Okay. So for the women, it, the face to face is more relational. Yeah. So you're right. Right. So that, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say relational, not emotional. You'll probably get called out by all the women for saying women are more emotional. Um, more relational for the men. The reason email is better is because face to face men are more, um, they're more competitive. Yeah. So they want to outdo you and they want to look better than you if it's face to face. So they're going to try to outperform you face to face. Whereas in email, they don't tend to do that as much. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and women like the, the more relational aspect of of face to face. Yep. So, so a little, no. little, uh, so, you know, if you're online, maybe that means text for men, video for women. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, I'm not sure exactly how that would translate online. <laughs> well, I know in my face to face experience, that's always been the case. I mean, that was an easy one for me. It's yeah. just, um, you know, women are more, it's easier to relate. They like the, the, like you said, the relationship side, 
they're um, it's easier to relate to them too. And con- I think and they're more intuitive too with body language. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so they can they can get a better feel yep. that way. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I think that's. And definitely you don't want a text conversation with a woman that would not work. No, 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 not, especially not in this day and age, but probably any time whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's the big stuff I had. Um, I have a couple other little things if you're you're open to it or we can call it. it. No, let's, let's hit them. So I, I was, uh, I've been cleaning out my office, been de- decluttering the whole mm-hmm. house lately. Yeah. Um, and came across these old cards that had been sitting like in one of these little containers on my desk mm-hmm. from get this. Like, I don't know how old these cards are, yeah. but they're from Jeffrey Gittimer's Ooh, sales Bible. Little red book. Yeah. No, the sales Bible. The, sa- oh, the sales Bible. Okay. So this is from 1994 the cards like the copyright on them i don't know wow when i bought them but um so a lot of them are kind of outdated <laughs> jeffrey gittimer was a little little sleazy if you ask me <laughs> i know <laughs> i've seen anything. some of his videos it, i'm he doesn't have the best presentations in the world no he uh <laughs> he is the definition of a used car salesman definitely even though he sold new cars yeah um he would flat out lie to, mm-hmm. to make sales yeah. and would talk about his book. Uh, he and Tom Hopkins, both are not high on my list of sales no, people. No, Tom Hopkins. But is... there were, I was going through, I threw out pretty much all the cards except for two. Yeah. Um, one was effective opening cold call lines. Okay. And he had, he had 11 of them. I only liked uh, five of them. Ooh, so I thought the others okay. were too cheesy Yeah, and too manipulative. Um, but this could all, this could be, so a lot of these were in person Mm -hmm. because obviously 94. So you weren't doing a lot of emailing or, you know, (laughs) internet stuff. Um, unless it was dial up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Man, not even the dial up fan. That was pre Netscape. So, so yeah, so these are like, if you're going in person, uh, maybe if you're doing telephone, you know, trying to break through on a telephone cold call. Right. So the first one was, I need your help. Okay. Uh, I like that. That's a that. classic. I think that's, that's solid. Good. That's intention getter right there. Yeah. Um, is that like for, is that subject headline or? That would be, attention. I, mean, I think today you could definitely use it as a subject, email subject line. Okay. Um, but it could also be if you're trying to literally call a business, uh, like I know you have to do, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, and you get the receptionist or whatever they oh, call yeah. today. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I need your help is a good starter. Yep. Um, granted, they probably heard that a lot, but so this is, this is another one that's fun and I think would get a good reaction. I know you actually run the place, but could I speak to the person who thinks they do? <laughs> that's good. Because <laughs> that will get the same laugh from that person <laughs> that, you know, the gatekeeper. So yeah. That, I thought that one was really good. Yeah. Um, you could even use That's that pretty email. clever. Yeah, I like that. You could use that in a in a piece of mail, mm-hmm. you know, a piece of direct mail because you know they're going to yeah. open it first. Right. Um, another one is... That's good. I love that. Is the king in? It could also be is the king <laughs> or queen in? Because, you, like you know, you're kind, of, you're kind of playing to that person's, yeah. you know, the gatekeeper's uh, 
worldview, right? right? That's how they feel kind of about the person. Even if they respect them and like them, they're like, you know, it's the they, they kind of, yeah, it's the king in or is, uh, the, the queen. queen you bet sometimes you might want to use the queen. Yeah. You better make sure you know gender who you're talking you to. Right. right. Um, and then another one, um, my name is Sean and you don't know me from a sack of potatoes. <laughs> you could use any phrase at the end there, but, right. um, I actually have a friend RC who's been on the show. Yes. He, he uses something similar. He's like, I, my name is RC and this is a cold call. And right away it puts people at ease because you're being very upfront about what you're up to. And you, you know, that they know what yeah. you're doing and it kind of creates a, a level playing ground. Yeah. Pretty quick. You're not hiding anything. So, right. Mean, it's like, yeah, you're not trying to trick anybody. No. You know, your cards um, are on the table. Yep. And then this one I thought was pretty good as well. Um, especially if you're like walking into a place mm -hmm. or if you're calling a place, are you in the middle of 100 things or a thousand things? <laughs> so these, I mean, they're kind of like That's just basic little, little yeah. pattern interrupts, right? That That's right. Yeah. It's different than what most people are going to say. Yeah. Um, you're, you're acknowledging mm -hmm. kind of the, you're being light. We've talked about that before using a little bit of humor, self-deprecating yeah. humor. Right. You know, it's not so serious. Um, and they know, you know, it's not so serious, which yeah. is a, a great That's place. Good. I think, I think to start. Yeah, those are so. great. I'll add one in that I heard this week, Sean, to that list um, okay. from, uh, and I can't, I can never remember the guy's name, but it's from the Brutal Truth, um, the Brutal Truth About Selling. He has a podcast mm -hmm. and I check it out every now and then. So sorry, I can't remember your name, um, but <laughs> he's got one. I thought this was clever. He said uh, when he makes those calls or I guess you could use this in email too, but he only, he says, <clears throat> I only have a minute, right? Which I think is actually pretty good um, to use because what it says to me is that you're not going to take a lot of this person's time. And it also says at the same sense, you value your own time, right? Like you're, right. and I think that's important. Like what you're, you know, you valuing, uh, it's, it's kind of a positioning statement, so to speak. Um, if you call somebody and say, I only have a minute, it works two ways for you. You value their time, but it also, uh, you value your time as well. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I thought that was actually really good because a lot of people make the mistake calling up, Hey, how's it going? You know, you know, they waste people's time and that the last yeah. thing people want to do is spend time on the phone. Cause they get a, like you said, a million things going. Um, you know, on their plate. So if you yep. use, Hey, Sean, <clears throat> I only have a minute. Uh, but I just want to let you know, um, you know, reach out to you and just say, uh, you know, if you're trying to set up a meeting or something like that, or just, you know, you know, talking about, you know, setting up a one-on-one -on -one or something like that. Hey, I only have a minute. I'm going to be in the area if you're, if it's face to face or I only have a minute. Yep. Uh, if you're interested, I've got this many spots open, um, yep. that I'm having a coaching group and thought you might be interested just because of your background and what you're in, you know, you're, you got kind of a similar background to what my audience is, blah, 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 you know, may not, you may be interested, may not, you know, so it's kind of a take it to me. It's like takeaway selling, you know? So. Yeah. And you could actually use that in front of these that I mentioned, right? It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, I only have a minute, but I need your help. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, you know, a, so that's it's a, like, Oh, yeah, it's a double That's whammy. That's a powerful there. combo. 
By the way, uh, Brian Burns is the name of the brutal truth. That's right. Sales. Brian Burns. Yeah. Brian Burns. <laughs> Good credit where credit is due. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I see his stuff pop up on LinkedIn every now and then and yeah, he's got some good stuff because he does. I love his little walking videos. I think, man, I should be doing stuff like that, you know, yeah. um, but he does. He walks around his neighborhood, records a video. Smart. That's another way. Talent stack. You know, he's taking his talent stack right there. Um, yeah. You know, just like the Joshua Lysak man, he's he's putting that talent stack together and probably he's got a book. Out. I don't know. He probably does have a book based out of all that stuff. So yeah, or he will. Yep. Or will. Yeah, take all these interviews he's doing and turn it into a book. <laughs> That's right. We knew, man. We got what three twelve, three thirteen now. So yeah, yeah, we can do it. A lot of content. That's good. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. Um, next absolutely. week we're going to have a guest. Mm -hmm. uh, I told you about that. Um, yeah. So we're going to be talking about. We haven't talked about this much on this show with three hundred episodes. I don't know that we've even covered this. And we're mm -hmm. going to be talking about SEO as a form of persuasion. Ooh, SEO so, and persuasion. Yeah, so SEO is kind of forgotten, and we're also <laughs> going to dive into, has AI wrecked persuasion? Like, if I look at the way, ah, you know, yeah, you know, and so we'll get their opinion on that. Yeah. Um, we'll be talking to the CEO of 51 Blocks. Mm -hmm. um, she'll be coming on. That's and great. then uh, the C, I think, OO as well. So we'll have two guests, but both from the same company oh, to talk a lot about. Okay. Um, talk about, yeah, SEO is persuasion. Be so fun. that should be, that should be interesting. It's a little bit longer tail game. You know, a lot of times we talk about stuff that's very quick. Um, and that's probably why it's been forgotten because everybody's like jumping on the, oh yeah. you know, paid ads, instant, you know, quick yeah. instant gratification where, you know, SEO is kind of a long, long it's like the long game strategy. Yeah. And they, um, they will be talking about, cause I've, I've kind of pre-talked to her a little bit. Um, there are some quick things you can do with SEO and, right. that, and that's kind of the way the market has shifted. So we'll talk mm -hmm. a little bit about how you can get some quick wins yeah. using SEO principles. Good. Um, so yeah, we'll, that's what we'll talk about next episode. Awesome. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to, um, uh, we'll have to revisit the, um, some of the stuff we talked about, the marketing on books, I'd like to revisit maybe on a future episode, this book that we briefly mentioned, uh, yeah. Seesaw of Scale. And because um, I find some really good takeaways on that book on how you can uh, create your own consulting training uh, business in a given industry and how to turn that into a book. So uh, maybe that's a follow up here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. Uh, been fun, man. Sean, any, uh, any big plans for the big fourth weekend? No, I think we're just hiding from the heat. Hiding. So. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> we're just going to stay inside, hide from the heat, have some burgers. <laughs> you know. no, that's good. Yeah. I love that. Not much. No. Yep. The older I get, the less I go out and do that kind of stuff. Just, yeah. It's just good to just relax. And just chill. chill. Just chill. Well, we're going to yeah. do, we're going to try to do some camping if it's, the weather stays dry yeah. for a couple of days. So and the lake's uh, too crazy on, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. 4th of July type weekends. Yeah. Especially when it's half full like it is right now. Yeah. So. Oh, man. <clears throat> so. Well, to all of our listeners, hope you have a safe, enjoyable 4th of July weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week on this channel, PersuasionByThePint.com. You can find us on all of your platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, uh, every 
platform out there. You name it, uh, YouTube, and you can check our uh, Facebook page out over facebook.com forward slash persuasion by the pint. And Sean, have a great weekend, man. We'll see all of our listeners. See you all next week. See ya.